you know, it's raised that have never heard me before. You could take that various ways. Where's everyone else that have heard me? Is anyone else in town? I was in Denver and uh, the crowds were seemingly small, even in my estimation. And they said, well, Dr. Maloney, I mean, Biddy Hinn is in town. Another time, small group. Well, um, one of the great evangelists, you know, Billy Graham is in town. And how do you compete with that? But we're not really competing, you know. But we give glory and honor to all that God is doing and in whom he is working through and... Um, did you not exercise the demon out of this? That's an inside joke. Because to me, yeah, to me, all of these have a demon, you know, in them, you know. And all the pastors say, well, that never happens ever with me or other speakers. Well, welcome to my conference, all right? Uh, it's great to have you here. Thank you for being here. Really, it's a distinct privilege. And uh, I assure you that if there's a next time that I come and minister, uh, I will not have these sunglasses. And... Um, God is doing an amazing creative miracle. And, uh, you know, we give him all the glory and honor. And uh, I have been assured that, um, you know, that this will be soon removed and this and that. And so, you know, just, I know it's kind of funky for those of you that are visiting all two-thirds of you for the first time <laughs> that you're seeing a preacher wearing sunglasses at night. Uh, but I must do so because of the lighting system. And it's a long story, and I don't want to get into it. Everybody knows the story. And if you don't, just ask someone that has heard it, you know, and they'll explain it to you and catch you up, okay? But uh, God's doing an amazing thing. Uh, we do have books out there. Please avail yourself to them. And uh, I want to give away um, one of the books that was recently written, uh, Overwhelmed, Being Overwhelmed by the Spirit, uh, Empowered to Manifest the Glory of God Throughout the Earth. This particular book, is really uh, uh, an emphasis on the person of the Holy Spirit and how he moves in and through his people. And um, it has 
in my opinion, some tremendous and amazing stories of what God has done in various nations of the world. And I would encourage you to, um, you know, how many would like to have one of these? Well, you know, they're right out there. Uh, <laughs> and if we run out, you can always, of course, go online, okay? And, um, but this one's free, you know, and we'll give it away. But this, this book uh, describes what I called entering into the applause of heaven. And uh, you'll just have to read it to understand what that means. And um, it came about the revelation through an amazing appearance that I had with the Lord Jesus Christ uh, in Kyrgyzstan and Kakistan. And um, we ministered together for three hours. And we do have people that have validated that we were there. Hallelujah. We have our contacts. And uh, it's something that will encourage you. Amen. And I share with you where I believe we are moving towards if the Lord should tarry in the next 10 to 15 years. And so, all right, sister. Well, you waved. You put your hand up. First. Hey, would you, Rob, would you give this? You can just stay right where you're at. And while um, that book is given to that sister, I want to uh, introduce to you uh, Mr. Robert. I don't know if he wants to go by Robert or Rob. He said Rob, but Mr. Robert Murdoch. And um, he is, uh, I'm just going to go ahead, well, we have various associates now full-time that travel with me virtually all over the world. And um, he is an associate. He's moving towards that expression prayerfully with Dove on the Rise. He is from Hurricane, West Virginia. Who would name a town Hurricane, West Virginia? But he has a very powerful and distinctive ministry, not only in America, churches all over, conferences, but particularly he goes overseas in very powerful evangelistic and healing crusades. He just returned from, I believe, Nigeria. Is that correct? So um, I don't know if he's fully here, but uh, you know he's still getting over the jet lag and trying to rest up after 10 days of being in Nigeria. I know what it's like, okay? And um, they saw tremendous things. And he travels all over the world, places like Cuba, and just, you know, just powerful. And so tomorrow night, I'll uh, desire for him to give about, you know, 10 minutes or so of greetings and just a word upon his heart to share with you, a nugget of truth. And he'll be ministering with me. My other associates could not make this conference at this particular time. 
there's uh, four other ones now. And um, neither was my wife able to make it. And uh, she apologizes. Her older sister is moving down from Fayetteville, Arkansas to uh, where we live, near where we live. Pray for us. <laughs> but anyway, she just, you know. Anyway, let's move on. Hallelujah. No, she's a precious, precious lady. Precious, precious lady. But she's retired and worked for 35 years for um, the University of Arkansas, the Razorbacks. And so, you know, deserved retirement. And she wanted to be close to a family member and Joy's the closest. So, um, you know, that's why Joy could not make it here because they're in that process of moving and getting settled and et cetera, et cetera. So next time she'll be with me and uh, she'll keep me in line. Hallelujah. In the meantime, your pastor will always keep me in line. And, and uh, if he can't, Mary will. Hallelujah. <laughs> he, you know, can't keep me in line, she'll keep him, and then in turn, you know, that's how it works, you know, that's, you know how that goes, but it's great to be with you, and thank you for your time, thank you for your time this evening, and uh, I know you've had a busy week, and uh, you work hard, and I pray this will be an amazing time of refreshing for you, okay, that you'll be renewed, and um, you'll be healed, and uh, just be blessed in, in a measurable way. And we will be taking time and ministering. Now, we're not going to have marathon services like many of you that have been in my meetings. You have been used to that. But, you know, when you have a 1,000 people to come out and uh, all of them are sick, Basically, it seems like it, you know, you can go to 1.32 in the morning. And I'm sorry, I, I'm not Benny Hinn. I can't take this coat off, though I will take it off and wave it. Let me try it. You know, he, you know, seemingly he can just take his, uh, and I love Benny, okay? I've ministered with him many, many times. And he just can, oh. Now, did you get healed? <laughs> well, take it by faith, all right? But anyway, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I just, this is my operation. I just have to get my hands on people, you know what I mean? And yeah. minister in the way that Jesus did when you read in the Gospels. So... We'll take time, and we will do that, but we'll get you out at a decent time because we have tomorrow night. Is there any sessions in the morning? No? You mean I get to sleep in? <gasps> oh, wow. Your pastor, if this is your home church, he's becoming famous, you know, with his writings and materials and the social media and Georgian. Oh, there's only one Georgian, isn't there? 
What a, what a, what a strange individual. <laughs> I've known him for 46 years. 46 years. I remember when he was just a kid and I couldn't understand one word of, that came out of his mouth because he was still you know, learning English. So that's how far back I go with Georgie and Ben Off and Winnie. So they're great, great, wonderful people. So he's been ministering, of course, as you know, with them in other places as well. And one of these days, Pastor, you need to go with me. What do you think? Hey, you're the, hey, the, you're, you guys are all into this raising the dead. So, man, we'll just bring them out from the morgue. Just throw them in front of your feet. No, I actually did have that happen. That's, I got to put that in one of my books. No, that really did happen in a particular nation where they went to the morgue and brought out several. Well, anyway, so you're sitting there. Well, did you see anything? Did any of them get raised up? Well, you just, I'll share it sometime. Hallelujah, okay? Uh, I'm going to turn your attention. Let me see where my text is. Micah, all right? Micah chapter 4. Please bear with me as I take the time to read the text. Verse 1. But in the last days, now let me just stop, and this is the only time I'll stop in reading this text. How many know that's a relative statement? I mean, yeah. in the last days, well, you know, what does that mean? You know, the last days. I think, you know, in various periods of time in history, they viewed their time, if you've lived, for instance, in the Dark Ages, this is the last days, or in the Middle you know, Ages, whatever. But um, I'm convinced in my spirit, and this is just my conviction, it's very subjective, but um, I see the signs of the times that we live in, and I believe that this is applicable for us in this season of time. And um, if you want to call it the last days, that's fine. Uh, you know, one day to the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day unto the Lord. So in the last days, that could be another 3,000 years, but uh, no, I don't think that will be the case. It's our season of time. Just look at it in the perspective of the season that we're in, okay? And it says it'll come to pass that there will be a tremendous mountain of the house of the Lord that shall be established in the top of the mountains. And it shall be exalted above the hills and people shall flow into it now of course this is micah is speaking concerning the davidic or david's uh, mount zion that he had built the city uh, what's been termed the city of god that was established i have been there and i have ministered literally there 
and um, you know they're uh, you know uh, tremendous um, uh, virtues and truths that you can derive from that. But um, it says that there will be a kind of paraphrase it a gathering of people that will in the midst of deep and gross darkness shall rise up and ascend and be in a position with God not just uh, legally in Christ we are seated in heavenly places but experientially in Christ in heavenly places and we will rise up and it will be like seated high in a mountainous scenario and we will move in a realm of distinctive powerful dominion and knowledge and wisdom that will cause the nations or the people of the earth to flow unto that particular mountain. And many nations shall come and say, come and let us go to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths. For the law shall go forth out of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And shall judge and he shall judge among many people and rebuke strong nations afar off and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks nations shall not lift up a sword against nation neither shall they learn war anymore but they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree and none shall make them afraid for the mouth of the Lord of hosts hath spoken it. For all people will walk, everyone in the name of his God, ours, amen, is Yahweh, El Elyon, and we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. In that day, saith the Lord, will I assemble her, every person that is sick, weak, and infirmed, and I will gather her that has been driven out, experienced rejection, disillusionment, et cetera, et cetera, those that are afflicted, and basically, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm going to heal them in this mountain. And I will make her that halt, halted and remnant, and her that was cast far off a strong nation. The Lord shall reign over them in Mount Zion from henceforth even forever. Now, I understand that there's various views concerning this particular portion of Scripture. And uh, you have all the right to disagree with this particular statement I'm going to make. You'd be wrong, but you, you have the right to, you know, disagree with me. Now, I just personally, and I've studied it for over 40-some years, and every which way you can, you know, study it out. And I, I'm just convinced 
personally in my spirit that there is a literal millennial reign of Christ for a thousand years. Okay? But until, now that may be speaking, of course, of that time. But I believe that prior to his second coming where he will establish his kingdom and rule uh, upon this earth and remove the sin principle and subsequently everything else that comes with that, sickness, disease, infirmity, wars, et cetera, et cetera, there is going to be, and this is the you know, symbolism that we're talking about, there is a people. There are the people of God that's going to emerge and rise up in the spirit. And they're going to be gathered together in a very powerful way. It's, it's what I term like a church within a church. Not a group of people that have a holier-than-thou attitude, but just there are people like you and I that just want to go further and deeper. And we are hearing the call of the Spirit to come up higher, amen, and be established in that mountain. And I'm convinced that churches of this nature represent that spiritual mountain of the Lord. This is a spiritual Mount Zion. And the people of God would flow to Mount Zion, and that's where there would be the praise and the worship and the sacrifices and the celebrations would happen in that particular city. And uh, this is like the city set on a hill. Jesus used the analogy. What he was talking about was the gathering of his people in like-mindedness and, listen to this, in oneness of spirit. Now, we talk about the glory of God. Everybody say the word glory. glory. Say it like a Texas evangelist. Glory. glory. And, you know, there are 83 messages on, you know, glory. But uh, don't worry, I'm not going to preach them. But uh, you can just get my books. But the, the point I'm trying to make is Jesus said, you know, one of the reasons why the glory and he was praying, of course, unto the Heavenly Father when he was on earth in John 17. The glory that you have given me, I've given to them that they might work miracles. Does it say that? Well, that, there's a truth in that, but that's not what it says. That they might be made one. One. Now, if you look in Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter 3 as well, you will see, particularly in Acts 5, when they lifted up their voice, chapter 3, 4, and 5, they lifted up their voice in one accord. They lifted their hands and they worshiped. You have to just uh, envision in your spirit um, exactly the dynamic of what was taking place in the realm of the spirit because uh, it conveys that obviously aspects of their lives personally uh, in the realm of sin or iniquity or 
uh, wrong attitudes or motives were dealt with. And here was a very large corporate group of not only apostles, but also the people of God that came together. And in that uh, realm of just, let's just say it, holiness, purity, uh, a sense of brokenness and contrition and humility with great adoration and appreciation for what the Lord had given them. They lifted up their voice with one accord. And we know the story that, that the place was shaken where they were assembled together. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And I know you've been taught on you know, these particular principles. But this, to me, is one of the greatest keys to revival. Now, we have wonderful young men and women. Now, carefully hear this. Wonderful young men and women, this emerging generation of young pups like this pastor and his wife. All right. Um... But even younger, you know, I don't know what we are now. I'm baby boomer. Then what, what else was there? Generation what? X. X. Millennials. And now there's a new name. What are they called? Yeah. Uh, Z, Generation Z. <laughs> Whatever, you know. <laughs> you know, how far do you go? You know, but, but you know, there's this, you know, emerging young passionate men and women that just want God's glory to fall and rest and their motivation is pure in most you know respects but listen listen to me they want revival their concept of revival is an encounter and so they assembled together night after night after night, and I applaud them for that. But, you know, I have gone to some of these marathon revival services, and to be quite frank and honest with you, I'm not being judgmental or critical, but it just, you could just see the wear and tear and the exhaustion in the eyes of the people that they've been for weeks and months and this is what has been conveyed to the people, that somehow we've got to pay such a price in night after night waiting upon God that, you know, whatever's happening in heaven needs to be brought down in this earth realm. And when you ask them, well, what are you talking about? You know, invariably they'll say, you know, an experience people to have a vision, uh, people to have appearance or appearances of angels or the Lord or they're, you know, encountering some unusual presence that just overwhelms and they're brought into trances and, and this is all great and I have entire teachings on uh, these particular type of expressions that we're to enter into, but how many know we're not just to have an encounter for the sake of having an encounter. And this is the problem. 
they want to experience an encounter and they feel that that we have to work at trying to convince God to come down. And they've absolutely, in my opinion, and conviction, have missed the entire integral truth that number one, the kingdom of God is already here in our hearts. Now, I'm all for, you know, believing that what's in heaven is to, you know, be experienced here on earth, but the kingdom of God abides within you. So what does that say to you and I? It says this, the key to reviving, restoration, renewal, we'll see this in just a moment, it's personal. It's heart issues. It's intimate. It's dealing with the sin issues of our lives. It's dealing with the wrong attitudes and motives. They've kind of got it turned around. And so what's happened now after five months, and yeah, there's little sprinklings of healings that break out, and yeah, there's certain manifestations. Now there is this hypings. They're, hype, they're hyping their meetings. And they're getting into this, you know, rock concert mentality and following the beat of the drums in such a way and moving with, you know, the electrical guitars and they're swaying and, you know, I'm, I'm in the spirit. We're having revival. No, you're not. In some of these places that I have visited, that's nothing more than a kundalini spirit. And what that means is, is this swaying and following the beat. That's no different than what you hear in Africa. And they're caught up and mesmerized by this beat and by the sound, and they're calling that experiencing the Holy Spirit. When I look in the scriptures, particularly in Acts, I mean, they, they were in one heart, one spirit. There was a pureness. They're, they lifted their voice in one accord, and as they just called upon the Lord, because of that unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, because heart issues had been dealt with, that's why the true manifest glory of God rested upon the corporateness, and they became the mountain of the Lord. See, today, someone standing right next to you can personally be experiencing a tremendous reviving in their inner man, and then there's another individual standing right next to him wondering why I'm not experiencing the same measure of anointing and presence as they're encountering. Because it's all, number one, the key to miracle signs and wonders, healings, whatever, encountering God. It's issues that deal with the heart. Your heart with his heart. 
and that you're joined unto the Lord with one spirit with him. Because the day where you could just come in with all of your baggage, come on, we all have it, correct? And you fought with your wife and kids and you're mad and angry and, you know, you've dumped on everything and everybody, and you come in. Yeah, there was a time that you could just, you know, revel in the presence of God despite our attitudes and motives. That day's over. You want to experience true New Testament revival, you're going to have to enter into it for yourself personally. And this is what God is bringing us into in the next several years is places of this nature that become the true mountain of the Lord and that their hearts have been prepared. And yes, when they come together corporately, there is this manifest presence of God. But the people realize that the kingdom of God is already abiding within me. See, this, this is something we need to understand about healing. You know what? Um, is the healer abiding in you if you're born again? Let me see your hand. <laughs> then why do we have to look externally, outwardly, and asking God to do something that the healer is already abiding within you? So if the healer is already abiding within you, it's, you know, we could be healed without no one having to lay hands on you because the, you know, healer's abiding. Now, we're not minimizing the ministries that God wants to express to mankind. That's why we're here this weekend. But I want you to just get the picture that this weekend, I believe that Whatever church you're from, respectively, or this fellowship, that there are going to be in regions all over the world, there are going to be tremendous gatherings of God's people where they're coming together in singleness of vision and purpose. Come on now. In the spirit of unity. You know what unity means? You and I tie. Oh, that was deep, huh? I like that. That just came to me. Hallelujah. Excuse me, I got to encourage myself. No, no, no. I, you got to write that one down, Jim. You know, we've got to ask God, please give us. Let's pray this prayer. He'd already prayed it, but. I pray that we enter into an understanding of the times that we live in. It says that the children of Issachar, 1 Chronicles 12, 32, they had an understanding of the times. Okay? And that word simply means, if you study it out, it means that they understood that there was a call upon every person's life a call to action, to express what they had personally been experiencing in the kingdom of God, to express it externally, individually, 
among those that they influence. But not only is there a call to action, but it also means that the children of Issachar had an understanding of the times. They had to understand God's wisdom or God's ways or his strategies to bring about this kingdom expression. And remember this, the kingdom of God is not of this world. It's not meat nor drink, but righteousness, say it with me, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And I'm all for reviving and renewal and restoration, even elements of reformation in this world system. I mean, I think if we get enough people born again, spirit-filled, the demons cast out of them, inner healed, this and that, that there's going to be effected changes in the society that we live in. And I believe we're going to see a greater intensification of that. Because God is in the process of bringing tremendous renewal and restoration of what we have lost through the centuries. Now, there's a term that I'm going to use. And it's called uh, primitivism restorationalist. Boy, say that ten times real quickly amongst us theological, you know, minded people. It's called primitivism restorationalist. And what that means is that we are believing that God is going to restore to this end-time church everything that the early church walked in, in power, purity, amen, his presence, come on, his purpose, right? Now, some people believe, well, we need to only go back 500 years to the reformers in the 1500s. Well, how many know that that really was kind of the beginning in our latter days of God bringing us out of darkness and bringing us into greater knowledge and understanding in his ways. And I don't have time to teach on that every century restored something to the church of that era that was lost in the early days of the church and that began to decline right around, you know, about 215 or 20 A.D. But God is in the process of restoring. And so when we say primitivism, restorationalist, I believe that God wants us to walk in the realm. You read the book of Acts. Look what they walked in, how powerful it was. Now, I understand that they were the, you know, the baby church, and the church had just been birthed, and, you know, uh, we've grown and matured since then. But, you know, I'm talking about spiritual qualities and revelatory concepts that 
you know, over the centuries, uh, it just got sort of lost, and, you know, we mucked things up, and, and God has been uh, amazingly restoring to the church, particularly since the 1500s. And that takes me to our second verse. You're all familiar with it. You can go there. In Acts chapter 3, and for the sake of time, I'm going to begin to read this. Repent, therefore, and be converted. This is, of course, Peter's great message, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Everyone say that with me. Times of refreshing. And he shall send Jesus Christ, or Christ will come back, which before was preached unto you, whom the heavens, he must remain in heaven, I'm paraphrasing, until, until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world begins. So we have, say it again, times of refreshing, times of restitution they're all of the holy spirit but they are separate in a sense experientially we can through history see where god uh you know when it seemed that the very light of the gospel was just flickering and practically going out, then God would bring a tremendous reviving in the hearts of people in a very powerful way. And then there are times of restoration where, you know, a particular gift or an office of ministry that had been neglected or, uh, you know, misunderstood that God has brought tremendous restoration to that gift or to that office or ministry. And particularly, now this is, I brought you to this point now. Here's the crux of everything, all right? We're gonna begin to minister here very soon. You know, we could go through the whole list of various things that God has restored through, you know, uh, history and uh, what God expressed powerfully. But I want to just skip over a lot of the various truths that had seemingly been lost and then was, you know, restored and being restored in a very powerful way. And I want to just hit the 1800s, okay, the 19th century, because particularly in the latter part of the 1800s, God restored, or it just seemed, now, how many know God was healing people all through history? All right? There were tremendous monks, for instance, that God was amazingly using in signs and wonders and miracles. St. Patrick, you want to know why Ireland was basically in his period of time brought to the saving knowledge of Jesus because he had a workings of miracles operation in his ministry. They do not know how many people he raised from the dead. Uh, they last counted it was about 175. This is in a 15, 17 year period. 
okay? Signs and wonders and healings and miracles. You come to America, and in the late 1800s, you have John Alexander Dowie, the father of healing. He brought that revelation that Jesus heals now just as he did when he walked the earth. And even prior to that, Yahweh healed. He's Jehovah Rapha. Now, we all know this. Um, this is a very simple word of exhortation tonight, but this is going to encourage you. It's going to lift you up. It's going to cause you, and this is my prayer this weekend, to be that person that will come into the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace and just desire to ascend to that mountain and to be established in it. And God does have that mountain that's being built. Hallelujah. All over the world. Because there's just one body. Correct? And so, you know, an aspect of the expression of that mountain is right here in Columbus, Ohio. Despite the Buckeyes, God is going to move. That was the wrong thing to say. There was no anointing in that at all. You know, I'm a Texan because I married a Texas woman. I mean, look at me. I'm a Jesus freak. Hippie. Still in me. I need deliverance. From California, especially. But there was a lady. Her name was Mariah Woodworth Etter, and she was a tremendous apostle. And everything that we are encountering today in signs, wonders, miracles, uh, trances, visions, revelations, appearances, she basically, in the late 1800s, early, 1900, uh, early 1900s, just, you know, God mightily used her. And you can read the big, thick book on signs and wonders that is the testimony of what she saw in her ministry. And I'm starting right there because you move into the early 1900s. Of course, we have Azusa, don't we? The Azusa Street Revival in 1904. Prior to that, in 19. You know, Charles Parhan, you know, and Topeka, they were, you know, speaking in tongues in the Bible schools. So, you know, the, let's say it this way. The 1800s, uh, God restored the truth of healing and miracles. The 19, early 1900s, uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was speaking in tongues. The Pentecostal message. You come into 1948, that's a whole nother hour where, you know, there was a tremendous restoration or restitution of a particular truth and ministries that have been lost. Uh, and uh, this, at this season of time, the great emphasis was on uh, God anointing men and women with a healing unction that people could come to and where they could corporately come together in faith and be healed. But also, um, this was uh, a time where
God um, not only used these healing evangelists, but the, the corporate body entered into the revelation that we could sing in the spirit. Hallelujah. We could dance in the spirit. Amen. Corporately. And we could have tongues and interpretation in the church. Come on now. That had never been heard of before. It was called the latter rain outpouring of the spirit. Now, I brought you to this particular time, okay? And it's 1961, predominantly right at that time. In that era of time, you basically, the Pentecostal churches uh, just did not fellowship with the known historical churches like the Lutherans or the Episcopalians or the Catholics, et cetera, et cetera. So they separated themselves. It's what we term the classical Pentecostal churches. And, um, you know, there was a great gulf because the Spirit of God wasn't really moving uh, that powerfully, not only in the classical Pentecostal churches, but, you know, in the historical church, uh, very little. Then all of a sudden, an Episcopalian pastor or priest starts speaking in tongues. He gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. His name was Dennis Bennett, and he stands up and proclaims to his church that I speak in tongues. Well, that did it. <laughs> he, as well as others, there was what was termed, now this is not just at times of refreshing. God had always moved in various ways and touched people's lives individually and corporately. But this was a season of restoration in what we have commonly again termed the charismatic renewal, the charismatic movement, where the Holy Spirit could be experienced in the historical churches like the Catholic churches. Come on now, the Methodist churches. I, I remember as a young teenager and a young uh, minister where there were charismatic outreaches to the Methodists, the Baptists, the Presbyterians, the Lutherans, the Catholic charismatic renewal. It was an amazing time in the late 60s and early 1970s. It was just amazing time. Now, in 1971, I was uh, 15 years of age. Okay, go ahead and do the math. I'll tell you how old I am, okay? And uh, all of a sudden, you know, here you got the historical churches. Here you got the classical Pentecostal churches. Here you got a bunch of dirty, filthy hippies. Yes, I was one. No, I actually did bathe. I bathed, tw you know, twice a month. I did. I mean, you know. I know you can't envision it, but I used to have long hair. And I, I wouldn't step foot in a historical church. And if you wanted to go to the classical Pentecostal church, they drove you out. 
This is the truth. They ran us out. They ran the hippies out. The classical Pentecostal churches completely missed. Now, there, of course, were exceptions. Don't misconstrue what I'm saying, of course. But as a general rule, they missed the entire purpose of what we term, this is a times of refreshing, the Jesus movement. How many has ever heard of the Jesus movement? Right? Some of you remember it, don't you? You were one of those hippies. Did it ever hit Ohio in the Bible Belt? Well, it did, but not like Southern California. You would have had to be there to understand what I'm saying. It was amazing, this awesome times of renewal, times of refreshing. It was just I, I, I can't even put it into words. And uh, let me just, you know, backtrack for just a moment. We'll finish up. I, I, you may not realize that I'm almost 63. February 1st, remember my birthday. All right? Hint, hint. www.doveontherise.com I'll be 63. All right. Uh, I was there. Uh, you may not know it, but there was an original group of hippies, about 150, that got saved about the same time. And one of the individuals was Lonnie Frisbee, he got saved in my hometown. Okay. And uh, Chuck Smith of Calvary Chapel. He was a four-square church, church of the four-square denomination pastor. And he couldn't understand why in a metropolitan area of 16 million people, I got a 40-member church. And God spoke to him. See, you... Here's, here's what I'm trying to convey to you tonight. You need to know your history. You need to know why we are where we're at right now and what we're moving towards, and we can't move further into perfection unless we understand what God has already accomplished and done, and we are building upon the foundations of others that have gone before us. We are inheritors in this generation, we are inheritors of unfulfilled prophecies. And I'm telling you, in your lifetime, we're going to see things that were proclaimed 67 and 80 years ago come to pass in our lifetime. And, but it's been a process. But you know what? Just think about it. You know, it would take 100 years for a particular truth to come to the body of Christ and then another particular foundational truth, another hundred years. Now it's just a matter of a few years, if not months.
When I was 15 years of age, I got saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was one of the original 150 hippies. Chuck Smith prayed. How come I don't have a bigger church? God said, will you accept them? Now, he was a classical Pentecostal pastor. No matter what they look like, how they dress, or how they smell. Yes, Lord, of course. The very next morning, that was Saturday night, about 30 hippies that hadn't bathed and God knows how long came to his church. They wouldn't sit in the pew. That was religious. So they sat on the brand new carpet. <laughs> they had just put it down the week before. After an hour and a half, they all got saved. An hour and a half, when they got up, they had so spotted the area where they had seated, they'd ruined the carpet. Now, we have the carpet nowadays. You can just pull up that, you know, portion and put down another one. But back then, you, you know, it was just one piece, basically, you know. And the, I'll never get, I remember this, that the deacons got upset. We can't have these hippies in here. They just ruined the carpet. We just spent thousands of dollars. We, we can't ask him to come back next week. And Chuck Smith, the late Chuck Smith, he said this. I'll never forget. I'll never forget this and applaud him for this. If the carpet is in the way, uproot it. Roll it up. And that's exactly what they did. They moved out, which, you know, the members of the classical church really loved this. All the pews got chairs like this, they weren't as comfortable as what you're sitting in. And, uh, you know, rolled it up. The very next Sunday, I'm there. And you can go on YouTube, and you can see where there's a group of hippies. You see the concrete floor? I'm 15 and a half years of age. I'm there in that scene. And I'm right by the cameraman when Lonnie Frisbee, you say, who in the world is he? Do your historical study of Pentecostalism and charismatic ministry. He stood up. This hippie had just gotten saved. Hadn't been saved a week. And he, frizzy, funky hair, you know, just, I mean, he was just wooly, you know. He gets up and he goes, Holy Spirit, come. I was there, people. And the power of God hit us, and we went under the power of God for two and a half hours. I never came to until two and a half hours later. So did the 150 to 200 young men and women. Changed my life. This was 1971, basically right around there. It was the Jesus movement in the midst of the charismatic renewal. The charismatic renewal was a time of restoration for the historical church as well as the classical churches if they would embrace it. Times of refreshing were falling upon all of us hippies. And as far as I know, 
and I could be absolutely wrong with this, there are many of those original hippies that are pastoring churches. Now they're in their 70s, late 60s. But as far as I know, I've done research on this, I'm the only one from the original group that's traveling around the world. Now, why am I sharing that with you? I'm glad you're asking. Because we're going to begin to minister. Look, it's like I want to be a bridge. Okay? The Bible speaks about in Hosea 6 that, you know what? There is this early rain of the Spirit that prepares the soil so you can sow the seed, you know, the early rain. And then when it, you know, and then there's a latter rain right prior to harvest, you know, that just brings it up to its, you know, full fruition and early and latter rain outpouring of the Spirit. Okay? So... The symbolism in that and the allegory in it is that everything that the early church walked in, God wants us to be restored into that. Come on now. And we're not their people. But then there is a latter rain outpouring of the Spirit. If you look at us as the house of God, Haggai said, you've heard this, that the glory of the latter house, he's speaking about Solomon's temple will be greater than the former. Now, 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 in the natural, you got to understand, Solomon built one of the most prestigious. It was the greatest. It was like one of the wonders of the world. It was completely destroyed. And so what they did was they built something that was, in their view, very shabby, in comparison to what Solomon had built. So it wasn't talking about something in the natural because it wasn't greater than the original temple that Solomon built. It was a spiritual proclamation that the glory of everything that the early church experienced, you're going to experience that, but in the last days, the latter days, the glory of the latter days will be greater than the former. We're not only going to experience everything that the early church walked in, but if you read that in Hosea 6 if, uh, and Haggai ch chapter 2, verse 19, if you read that, it, it's in the Hebrew, it means in the last will be greater. It means seven times more in completeness and fullness. Numerically, that means perfection, completeness. Hallelujah. And you're living right now in the season of time that God has restored the apostolic gift and its influence, come on, and its emphasis. That happened in 19... Uh, 90, I think, uh, 1997. In 1988, the prophetic emphasis came to the body of Christ. Come on now. I mean, it's, it's tremendous what God has restored. In the 1970s, the emphasis was truth. Because how many know us hippies didn't know nothing? 
we sure had a whole lot of zeal, very little knowledge. You know, we needed teaching. We needed foundation. Now, was there abuse? Of course there was. Manipulation? Of course. But the point is this, is just look what God has just brought to the body of Christ so quickly. In 1994 was a time of renewal. That's when I met this precious pastor was in renewal. Toronto Blessing, Pensacola. Those were times of refreshing. Okay? I mean, look how quickly it's happened. Now, I'm personally convicted that the apostolic, now hear this, is going to cause a people to be called out, called out ones, and to be equipped in their respective giftings as the people of God. Don't put the responsibility alone on Brother Maloney for you to be healed. I'm not going to take all the blame if nothing happens. See law. <laughs> the privilege that I've had is that I was a Jesus person. I met all or many of those that were part of the healing revivals in the 19, late 1940s and 1950s. I've ministered with them when they were in their 70s and I was just a young pup. So I have their influence, uh, their impartation, and, and they laid hands on me, you see. And then part of the Jesus movement with Wimber and, and, you know, all of that move of the Spirit in the early 1970s in particular. In particularly, now I, I've just been recently permitted by the Holy Spirit to share this. You may not know this. But uh, there was one particular lady that God was using quite mightily in the 60s and early 70s. And her name is Kathy Coleman. And people don't realize that as tens of thousands of hippies were getting saved, hundreds of thousands. I was there at Corona Del Mar. You can pull it up on YouTube. You remember the great baptism of over a thousand hippies? You can pull it up that were being baptized by Chuck Smith of Calvary Chapel. And he's carrying a crippled boy to get baptized in water. Way up on the hill to the left, I'm standing there at 15 and a half. And I was taller than everyone else. I'd already had gotten my height. But uh, the point I'm trying to say is, is that I was a part of that. And then we had what was called Melody Land, Ralph Wilkerson, 
right next to Disneyland, one of the great charismatic centers. He allowed all the hippies to come in. It didn't matter how he dressed, smelled, or whatever. There, it was amazing. And then he, you know, would have Sister Coleman come if you could get a seat. And finally, after the 10th time, I was able to finally get a seat because, you know, they'd open up the doors. Like, for instance, the Los Angeles Shrine Auditorium, it'd seat 12, 13,000 people. Well, you had 30,000 people standing outside. As soon as they'd open up the doors, the doors were closed five minutes later because it was already packed, and the fire marshal wouldn't allow any of us in. And invariably, when I would just get to the door, they'd close it. My heart was broken, because I wanted to see Sister Coleman. Amazing. You, you just, you, I'm not trying to convey to you that we're supposed to go back to something, go back into the Jesus movement. God knows there's some things we don't need to be restored presently today that we walked in in the Jesus movement. But it was a genuine move of the Spirit, a times of refreshing that touched millions of disillusioned young men and women in the late 60s and early 70s. And now we have a generation of millennials, whatever you want to call them, that have absolutely no understanding of why they're sitting in that chair, why they've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and what they, they don't realize the people that had gone before them, the great price that they had to pay. And the impartations that came to our lives. Now this isn't a prideful statement. You know my heart. But you know what? I'm not just another preacher. There's very few of us that can bridge from the late 60s was influenced by those in the 40s and then in the 70s, in the great teaching movement, the prophetic in the 1980s, the 1990s, the apostolic revelation, and now we're in the 21st century, and the emphasis now is that God is wanting to anoint every believer, come on now, in giftings, and they're calling as a member in the body of Christ. Now, what's happened is spiritual fathers and mothers are rising up according to Malachi 4 to inspire you. This is what this weekend is about. I hope healings and miracles will inspire you so that you can realize it's got really nothing to do with James Malone, it's got to do with what God has been doing through the process of history and time. And we've come to the kingdom for such a time as this, and we need an understanding of the times. And ask God for it. 
We need another move of the Spirit at times of refreshing people. Yes, God's moving all over the world. It's powerful what God is doing. But in America, we've, listen, as far as I'm concerned, we've digressed. You weren't alive or you weren't influenced by the Jesus movement. You don't know what we experienced in the Jesus movement. And yet, I don't want to just go back to the Jesus movement. I believe the glory of this latter house will be greater than the former. So I'm trying to convey to you, let me be a bridge. I'm sitting, and this is my last illustration, I'm sitting, finally got a seat. At a Catherine Coleman's miracle service. Now, how many know who I'm talking about, Catherine Coleman? Okay, well, everybody. Yeah. Uh, there was only one Sister Coleman. Now, you've seen her on video or YouTube or whatever, but l listen. <laughs> you, you just would have had to been there in, you know, real time. It, she was unique. She wasn't hypey. She wasn't hypey. But she had a style about her that was quite unique. She was strange, different. I'm 17 years of age. I want to play football for Jesus at Notre Dame, the real team <laughs> that God has anointed. And, uh, or wherever. And, uh, you know, I'm fighting this call of God on my life. You see, I, I you know, and... And it's a whole nother story. And, and so I, I finally get into Catherine Coleman's service. So I'm sitting right on the edge, right, right, right in the middle, kind of right on the, on the out, you know. And there were three rows, and the platform was low. The seats were high, about 5,000, 6,000 people. So I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I hear this booming voice. And here is Catherine. So the spotlight, I could tell, shined right behind me in the center aisle. And so I turned and looked up. And here she comes, walking through the door. Now, now you just got to envision this. She's tall, real thin. Back then, you remember the maxi dresses? You know, you had air, all the women had to wear maxi dresses. And, you know, yards of too much cloth hanging and, you know, swooping around and, 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 and you know, she, com she comes down and she goes, she starts giggling. <laughs> Have you been waiting for me? I'm looking back at her. And, oh, and she starts dancing, a little dance. And then she starts twirling and spinning down the aisle. And I'm thinking,
thinking, what did I get myself into? <laughs> and everybody's just mesmerized by the, you know. And, and she just was something else. Well, she had always believed prior to her death that there would be 70 men or women that she would personally lay hands on or call out that would enter into her mantle and take it to the next generation. She spins around, and I just kind of shut my eyes a little bit because I'm, you know, the glory's, you know, starting to, I'm getting caught up, and, and I kind of opened up my eyes, and when I did, she's staring right at me <laughs> in front of 6,000 people. All I could think about is, where is the men's room? Real spiritual. And she just stared at me. And then she got this smirky smile on her face. And the only other time I saw that same smirky smile was when Jesus appeared to me. And uh, she just giggled and took her arm with all that cloth, you know, and did a Benny Hinn, man. I mean, just over me. That's the last thing I remember. <laughs> over four and a half hours, I missed the entire miracle service. <laughs> I don't remember anything. I was kind of halfway upset. They couldn't find me. Everybody had left. They couldn't find me. And somehow I got stuck under the chairs some there, somehow, and they saw my feet sticking out. Of course, hey, you know, hello, size 14. And, and pulled me out. I was in a trance the whole time. I don't remember anything. I mean, no, I didn't miss anything. Now, why am I sharing this with you? It's got nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with what God has been restoring through the span or eons of time. And for 2,000 years... And I love Hosea 6, you know, I love it because it conveys that on the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. And many theologians believe that that's speaking about in the beginning of the 21st century, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. I'll accept that, that God is now accelerating. March 12th, 2017, 10.30 at night, a messenger angel stood at the foot of my bed. Just like you're seeing me, a person, a light emanated behind him so I could see him. You're talking about wanting to experience a heart attack. 
I cannot convey to you everything that he shared because it's very personal. But one thing I can say to you, and this thing lasted, uh, this visitation, about seven, eight minutes. I know things about what's going to transpire in the next 10 or 15 years that was told to me personally by this angel messenger. Yeah, you'd like to know, wouldn't you? <laughs> In due season. In due season. But one thing I can say to you. Oh, I sense his presence. Come on now. Let's prepare our hearts. Is that he conveyed to me the importance of transgenerational impartational anointings that we have all entered into because of the people that have gone before us. So that when I lay hands on you, let's say, it's because Catherine Coleman touched my life. Catherine Coleman was touched by Amy Simple McPherson. Amy Simple McPherson was influenced by Mariah Woodworth Etter. Mariah Woodworth Etter was influenced by John Alexander Dowie. Guess who influenced Smith Wigglesworth? Mariah Woodworth Etter. So when I lay hands on you, I want you to envision it in this manner. There's an aspect of what God did in Smith Wigglesworth. The man that brought Smith Wigglesworth to America. I sat under his ministry before he died, just a few months. He brought Smith Wigglesworth to America. And what got him established, you know who I'm talking about, Smith Wigglesworth? No, many of you don't. Great healing evangelist out of, you know, the United Kingdom. He... Um, the first miracle he saw in America was this lady had a huge tumor on the side of her face. So he was kind of gruff. And he just went up there and slapped that tumor. Boy, how many of you got to be led of the Spirit? <laughs> Something, man. Now, have I done that? Yes. Was I always led of the Spirit? No. A tumor peeled off, went up and hit the ceiling, stuck there, ew, and then fell back down, ruined the carpet. So I'm in a church in Indiana, decades later. I'm sitting there, they're preparing to introduce me, and I look up, and here's this brown spot stuck up on the ceiling. Now, they had painted all around countless times through the decades. And I asked the pastors, you know, of the type of church where you sit on the platform and face everybody. I said, what, what's that brown spot up there? Oh, that Brother Wigglesworth. This was the first church that Smith Wigglesworth had come to in America. And he slapped his cancer off of this lady's face and stuck up there. And so as a memorial, as a sign, we just paint around it. And I'm thinking, I'm in the very church. 
I hope you don't mind me tonight reminiscing. Okay? You don't really need another teaching right now. You need an, an encounter, but not just for the sake of an encounter. God wants you healed so that you can apply all of your strength and your focus on him and on what God is raising up in the church, the great mountain of the Lord. Come and let us go to the mountain of the Lord. I'm alive today. I died three times in the last four years. You didn't know that. Well, one, I was on the verge of dying. One time, I was dying, and my spirit and soul left my body, Ecclesiastes 12, and there was a silver uh, connection, like a you know, cord. And here's my spirit, man. I was in such excruciating pain. I was just glad to get out of this body because the pain was so intense. And I'm thinking, I'm going to heaven, but I don't want to leave my wife at 60. I don't want to leave my grandkids, I, you know? I, and yeah, but heaven, heaven, you know, I can just get out of this pain. You know what I'm trying to say? And, you know, you, and I've been to heaven. So you know what I'm trying, heaven, no, it'll ruin you. you. You know, don't ask to go to heaven. You won't ever want to come back down here. All right? And let me just, as a sidebar, say this. Everybody say, I love you, Brother Jim. God, that was weak. Anybody that tells you that they make regular daily occurrences and in going up into heaven? No. The glory of such an encounter and experience is too great. I can't even put it into words. You can't even speak. And how some have trivialized what heaven is like. Oh. Oh. You sense this? You sense, you sense the glory? It's not just coming down. It's rising up within you. Come on. Let your spirit, man. Separate your soul right now. Separate your body right now. Put your body down right now. Just put it down. And just let your spirit, man, come on, just rise. Just like, you know. And I thought, I'm going to heaven. I'm getting out of this body. And all of a sudden, I, I, I opened up my eyes, and there was my wife, Joy, of 40 years. Her face right there. Those beautiful eyes staring at me that close. That's not Jesus. Now, I'm seeing my spirit and soul. 
And the silver cord was about ready to disconnect. As soon as that silver cord disconnected, then I'm dead. And I would need to be resuscitated, you know, raised up. <laughs> right before it disconnected, here's my, she, my wife knew. She's sitting over there on a chair praying. She knew something. She knew I, she knew I was dying. She sticks her beautiful face right in front of me. And she says, you're not going anywhere. Get back into your body now. <laughs> now, I, for a fleeting thought, I, oh, well, my spirit man's going to come back into my body and I'm be healed. No, my spirit man came back into my body and I had the same pain. You say, why? I don't know. Why do we always think we have to always have all the answers? Life is just life. And I could use a word, but it wouldn't be proper. Kosher. Life just sometimes... It's what it is. But I'm thankful because she held me down on this earth. Because it wasn't my time. I said, it wasn't my time. And I'm sorry. And I pray that my infirmity that I've been going through and overcoming, don't you let it be used as a stumbling block and you getting healed. It's got nothing to do with it. In fact, opposite. You ought to use it as an opposite revelation. It's caused me to be more dependent, broken, humbled. Do you know how humiliating it is to see perfection ruined? <laughs> Why are you laughing over there? That's got to be the funniest laugh I've ever heard. There's always one in the church. <laughs> All I know is I'm here tonight. I got, you know what? I, I, I got nothing else to live for. I, I, you worship to my Lord and to love my wife. My grandkids, my chihuahua, <laughs> the cat, nah. there will be no cats in heaven, trust me. It's fun to be able to stand here tonight and say, devil, I ain't going nowhere. 
I'm not dying. You tried to kill me at three, and Jezebel's spirit. At 15, countless times overseas, I made over 375 crusades overseas in 43 nations. And I didn't go to the, all of the nice little plush places. Like, I'm going on a missionary venture to Acapulco. Oh, golly. <laughs> oh, no. Uh-uh. Places like Nigeria. God knows the things I ate. <laughs> Only God knows. I don't want to know. But they'd go ahead and tell me afterwards. But you know, we've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. You're looking at an older, not old, older hippie. That was influenced and received an impartation. I want to give it to you. I'm glad my spirit and soul came back into my body. It's just one person gets healed. Just one. Jesus told me, face to face, told me this. Now, this is my mandate. We're going to begin to pray. I already know who to pray for. He said this. He said, look. That's what he said. Look. <laughs> See, you, you, you think Jesus uses the these and the thous. No, no, no. He said, look. <laughs> Listen, look. That's what he did. He said, the, well, what do you mean? And it, no. Just like I'm seeing. No, don't tell me his name. Micah. That wasn't a word of knowledge. <laughs> uh, you are Micah? Okay, all right. Uh, <clears throat> he just said, look, just do what I did when I walked the earth. What did Jesus do? Two things. He met people's spiritual needs by teaching and preaching, right? Number two, he healed their bodies. How many ministers today, that's their mandate? Very few. Whose pattern are we supposed to follow after, in my opinion? Jesus. Oh, no, well, you know, Jesus was in the Old Testament, so it's different. And, oh, you know, I want to take and slap them. Let's lift our hands. We're just going to do what Jesus did. And sadly, it has to work through imperfect people like you and I. And I'm sorry I'm not Jesus. I really am. But I am a son of God. And I believe you are a mountain.
Come on now. I want you to envision it. Come on, lift your hands. Just like they did in the book of Acts, just one accord. Just tell the Lord in your own way, your own heart, your own words, I want to be that mountain. I'm that mountain. I'm that. I'm coming to the mountain. We are in a mountain. Come to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of our God, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths, and the law shall go forth out of Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. You're here tonight because there's more than just healing. It's going to take place tonight, tomorrow night, and Sunday morning. There's a commissioning, if you mind, a mandate, kind of word it that way. Uh, a sacred consecration time this weekend of being set apart and receiving an impartational blessing. Would you mind if I call myself a spiritual father? I think I've been in it long enough. To be called a spiritual father you got a whole lot of teachers in the body of Christ. Very few fathers. And I think that come on, the, the glory is rising up in your spirit and it's descending right now. Come on, receive it just right now. I'm not Catherine Coleman, so I'm not going to tour around. Ew. Nothing worse than a man trying to be Catherine Coleman in his ministry. Ew, ew. There's actually been men that have tried to be Catherine Coleman. Ew. You're talking about confusion. I won't go there. Come here, sir. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. It's okay. Don't be scared of me. I can see you. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here, youngster. God wants to heal you. God wants to touch you. Now, I'm going to take a little bit of time here, just minister, and then we're going to really kick it into high gear. Oh, stand right here. What are you, about 39 or 40? Uh, 86. 86. Man, that's a young-looking 86-year-old man, isn't it? Are you visiting tonight? I'm coming to see you. You came to see me from where? From Portsmouth, Ohio, 107 miles south. Oh, wow, 107 miles, huh? Well, he's got it down to the... Well, I've flown to Dallas to see you there, too. I don't know that. Where? That was about three, four years ago. Really? Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that nurse that was in the helicopter that crashed. Is she in a wheelchair? Oh, she's completely healed. Oh, praise the Lord. 
Because she hadn't been at the time. Yeah, she was completely paralyzed, you remember? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, she's all running around. She's doing Amen. her. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to minister to this man's breathing, his lung area. It's been affected. We're going to minister to this man's joints in particular in the lower extremity right now. You ready for him to be healed? Hey, he's precious. Came to Dallas, 107 miles. Amazing. Don't you think God wants him whole? Now, see, I'm going to believe that as I lay... Oh, you're feeling it. Yes, the angel is coming. Yeah, you feel them hit your left shoulder, don't you? Yeah, and there's three other areas that you need touching in. Well, yeah, I know. It's a lot. But, but if I was 87, look, you know, God just wants the latter days of your life to just be at peace and tranquility and give you a testimony so you can just blow everybody's mind. Who knows? He may renew your youth as the eagle. My God, we might be seeing this guy jogging in the next week or so. See, he remembered that. See, you refreshed my memory. I remember that nurse. She was, uh, in, what was she, in an accident or something? Well, she was in a helicopter. Helicopter that, and they that crashed. crashed, right. Yeah. And she was completely paralyzed. I mean, and not only paralyzed, remember? She's in that wheelchair and completely distorted in other words the bones hadn't you know right remember that and twisted and stuff like well, that she was in the back wall and i told her you need to get up to the front because she would pray for you yeah and she did yes and uh she started unraveling and untwisting while we were ministering to her and now she's back serving people as a nurse Praise God. or a helicopter whatever I don't know what they are. Anyway, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Let's bless them. Rob, just we're going to knit our hearts together. Now, look, we're one here, right? Mingle what you've heard with faith. That means this. Blend your heart as one with mine. That's what it really means. If you'll do that, this man will get touched and everyone else, not because of me, because of all of us corporately. And we're going to set in motion. There's an acceleration. That's what that angel told me. Everything is accelerating. You know what's interesting? Remember I said it was March 12th, 2017? Three years before Bob Jones died. How many know who Bob Jones, great prophet? He prophesied three years before he died. On March 12th of 2017, there will be a shift in the realm of the spirit, and God will begin to accelerate, and the angel appeared at the foot of my bed and said, acceleration. That wasn't about me. It was about the entire body of Christ alone. But there was a lot about me. Oh, I'm telling you guys, let's bless him. Just because he came here to see little old me, 
and to get healed. Okay, now you're being touched. Amen. Rob, get in there with that angel. Come on now. You see, he's learning not to get too, yeah, get a little closer. Yeah. I hope you go down. Loosen. Now, I did not push that young man. Come here, sweetheart. You, no, 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 right here, right here, right here. This, uh, this black lady, beautiful, is that kosher? Or I'm not supposed to say African-American, but you know, you may not be. Where are you from? Kenya. See, that's why, you know. Come on up here. Trust me, if I ever pastor, God forbid, I rebuke that. Don't you dare give me a word. That's yeah, too late. Some of you are going to come up, and then you will probably be you. I want it to be all black people. Nah, man, they know how to rock. Nothing greater than a black choir. I love black people because my, my grandsons are black. And my little girl that's coming, going to be so cute. Little black little girl. Oh, I just can't wait. Are you ready? Am I strange? You're under the glory. Step into it, Rob. There you go. You ready to be blessed? You have an issue in the bloodstream, and there's been infections that your body has been having to fight. This has caused great pain in the gland of your body, particularly the right side. Would you like God to heal you, set you free, touch you, strengthen you? This is going to cause a lot of the uh, fatigue to leave. It's going to cause you to rise up, fulfill your destiny, to see the salvation of God come to your family. You're going to make a tremendous connection in the spirit that's going to remove hindrances of disbelief because you've stood and you've interceded and you believed that God would move in the supernatural way. This has been particularly the past two years. The Lord is ministering to you right now. Your back was amazingly, the lower part of your back strained because of work-related issues. God's strengthening you right now. It's too quiet in here. Release her. Ooh, you got hit. The angel hit you. Did you feel him? Well, that was me. Elbowing you, but you also got, come on, let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, just, just a few minutes of this, and then, and then we're going to really get to it. We're really going to get to it, and we're not going to be here late. Yeah, it's early. Come here, sir.
you right here with that sharp looking tie. You can take it off afterwards and put it in the offering. <laughs> Thank God we're beyond the need of having to wear ties. I went to Seoul, Korea. <clears throat> I didn't wear ties. They said, you can't preach. Do you know how difficult it is to find a tie for a six-foot-five guy in Seoul, Korea, when <laughs> everyone's five-foot-two to five-foot-five? I found a short little tie. I had to wear the same tie. It was red on, because they wouldn't let me behind the pulpit without a tie. They were angry because I wasn't wearing a suit. I go back two years later, I, had to, I went out and bought three business suits to fit in with people in Korea. They're all in T-shirts, shorts, <laughs> Levi's. I said, what's going on? How come somebody don't tell me? Oh, you don't know. You were on television. You sent a shockwave. It made national news. And how dis all over Korea, how disgusting it was that this preacher from America would not wear a suit and tie. But then it got all of the leadership, you know, thinking, well, what has that really got to do with anything? Because God was using the young man, so we just, we just got rid of all of our suits and ties. I guess we forgot to tell you, you don't fit, so take your tie off. One way of liberating them. Yeah, how are you doing, sir? Doing good. Okay, you can go sit down. No, 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 no. <laughs> ready to be blessed. Amen. You ready to be strengthened. Amen. Uh, a lot, it's like a lot of sitting for long periods of time. And the sitting, and you know, because you're working over a desk, has completely messed up your entire leg support, particularly your knees. Yeah, exactly. And you have pain underneath your feet, and it's it's nerve damage, and and but you need a reconstruction in your knees. I do. You ready to receive? You're already getting the heat. It's already flowing through you right now. All you got to do is take the tie off and you'll be healed. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Go ahead and put your hand on it. Now, you got to understand, Rob is mightily used in healings and miracles. I only picked the best to be an associate. Oh, I don't think I can get up. You know why I wear these boots? They're steel-toed. Steel. Because I had a 270-pound man, instead of going backwards, went forward and put the whole weight of his knee on this left toe and completely broke it. I'm seeing people healed and my toe got broke. I won't do that. 
I almost lost it. So I said, yeah, no more, man. You can go for it, man. Just go ahead and step on it, whatever. That's got steel in there. <laughs> this gentleman's shoulder right here and the white hair, distinguishing-looking guy, yeah. I, these gentlemen that still have their head of hair at that age, your age, it's just disgusting. I'm going to pray that you lose it. <laughs> And I, I'm going to pray that he loses it. She's rebuking it. You do not want me to take my hat off. There ain't no more hair. Be touched. I want uh, Rob, go, go, go up to him and put your hand on his right shoulder. Your right shoulder. Down to your elbow. You have, you, you have like, uh, you splintered, this was qu quite a few years ago, you, s you splintered some bones in your elbow to your shoulder to your bone. And it, it's numb at the tips of your fingers. God, God wants you healed right now in Jesus' name. You ready to receive? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yep. It's yours. There's the heat. There's the anointing. Not that you have to be, you know. Loose them right now. Yeah, go forward. Go ahead. You can do whatever you want. Come on, everybody. Release. Got to understand, I've moved in another realm. So everybody falls. Uh, this is water and a little bit of vodka. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> I went to Russia. They gave me a bottle of water like that. It was all vodka. <laughs> I said, I don't drink. You don't want to drink the water, Dr. Maloney. He just got brand new knees. Would you, Micah, stand him back up? I want to pray for the lady or ladies that have severe, it's herniated in the lower extremity of your body. And um, it's pressing on your organs, it's, it's, you may even have a mesh that holds up your organ or may not, but, but God, God wants, it's herniated, and it was very painful, stand up right now, God, there, there, there's, there's a person here that God is just going to, it's okay, you don't have to be embarrassed, you know, I mean, we're not, we're, we're not going to, you know, yeah, yeah, come here, come here, God, God's going to do a creative miracle in this area here, are you ready? Uh, you had some toes. Your toes are kind of funky. Well, what I'm trying to say is, is <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, they, 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 they've had some abuse. In other words, you know, something's dropped on them or somebody's 
you know, whatever, you know, God, God wants you healed. But particularly in this area, God's going to create a miracle. Have you had surgery? Yes. Mm -hmm. Not yet. Not yet. So We're not going to have surgery, but I they, Yeah, they want you to have surgery for it, but you don't want it, do you? Now, you had surgery in another area, you see. This whole area has been an issue. So God, God, God is going to touch you right now. Now, now, now listen, listen to me also, too. Um, whatever irregularity you felt from the palpitations of your heart is nothing. It's just nothing. Okay? All right. So don't be concerned about that when you go get an EKG and, you know, and it's just kind of funky. Because sometimes you lay in bed and your heart kind of, right? Kind of leaps. No problem. You burned your esophagus many years ago. Probably the food. Where are you from? Where are you from? Michigan. Michigan, yeah, that explains it right there, you know. <laughs> You're being touched right here, also too. This was part of the surgery. Yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Your thyroid and your esophagus and your thyroid. I don't think you have one, do you? Or partial thyroid. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we want to go back to this area, all right? Because you, God doesn't want you to have to have surgery. All right. So. I want you to sense it. Come on. This is all. I'm not going to take all the blame if she didn't get healed. Now, if you're in complete disbelief and you don't even believe that God heals, I don't really care. <laughs> you, you know, you're not going to hinder nothing. You know what's sad? I've been to nations where the Muslims had more faith than the Christians. Rob, you ready for her to be healed? You're already beginning to. There you go. Come here, Mary. Put your hand right on that area. I speak a miracle of recreation. There it is. There's a third hand on top of my hand. There it goes. That's it. That's it. I'm not, no pushing, nothing. I don't push. I don't do anything. I don't, I just gently, you need to create a miracle right there. All of the herniated behind your muscles on that in here right now. That's it. Something shifting. Something's breaking loose. Feel it? There it goes. It's, I feel the movement. It's happening right now. I speak a miracle of recreation. Now! We believe she's healed. I want to pray for the severe heart condition. You possibly have had surgery. Maybe a pacemaker. Come up here, youngster. Yeah, you're a youngster. Huh? 
How old are you? Seven. You're 67. February 18th. February 18th. Well, from Toledo? Well, it's Petersburg, Michigan. Petersburg, Michigan. Somebody's from Michigan you came down here. Wow, I appreciate y'all coming. I'm going to be up there next year. So, you know. Okay. So they did surgery, right? No. Not yet. You don't want it, do you? They wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it? No. Why wouldn't they do it? They just no, say, it's they a, just. It's a tear in the aorta and they just lower the blood pressure. Uh, you're going to feel. I'm going to ask God to give you a sign. Okay, I feel, okay, it's too quiet in here. This is a charismatic church. You can pray in the spirit. Okay, I feel the burning in the palm of my hand. That's an evident token that this is a recreative miracle need in the aorta. Ready to get free? Someone else here needs to come here. Someone else here. This is this this goes further. Yeah, you have to you're the one. But you're getting healed too. Okay, here you go. Here it is. I speak now. Loose. Oh, you don't have to go down. You can hang in there. Come on now. Let, come here and walk with me. See if you can walk. Oh, you're doing pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm going to give you a double dose. <laughs> no! Right now, now. There. Hello, you're too young to have this. You, say, you need to get some weight on you, woman. Keep telling Mary that, but she just stays the same, you know. <laughs> you can help this gentleman up, Micah. Oh, hereditary. It's hereditary. I'm sorry. But see, God is breaking that familiarity, that hereditary. I just saw it break. I just saw it break right off of you. Now you're gonna. You, right now you're gonna feel like a. It's like a yoke come off your shoulders. I'm gonna, by the Spirit, pull it off of you. You're going to feel it come off of you. Now. Right there. You're going to feel lighter. You always feel like dead weight on your shoulders. It's like this all the time. Just something you're laboring in or something. That's over. Mary, come here. Always use Mary. She's dynamic. Uh, I want you to put your hands on where the pacemaker is. Okay, go ahead and put your hands there. I don't know, just the one. I want you to feel around there. You still feel the edges of it? Okay, you ready? Mary, would you put your hands there? What's happening? Feel it? It's going in there. I speak a complete recreative miracle in her heart. 
that this defibrillator, or well, fibrillator, fibrillator, not defibrillator, fibrillator and, and pacemaker to dissolve with all the electrodes. We had a man not too long ago in a service, the electrodes popped out of the scar, stuck out. So he took a shirt off in front of everybody <laughs> down to the, you know, and showed, and you saw a little, and in front of everybody, he took it and pulled it out, completely out of the, no blood or nothing, and right in front of everybody, it sealed up, and the scar disappeared. <laughs> this is in America, and he's got his pacemaker on his mantle at home, <laughs> sitting there. There you go. I speak a miracle of recreation right now. Go ahead, Rob, pray. Yep. Put your hands on mine. Yep. Go ahead and pray. We just command it right now, Father. We just command right now. You disappear oh, to it. dissolve, to go in the name of Jesus. We just declare a creative miracle. Release her. Okay, stand her back up. I want you to feel the area. Any change yet? Give it a minute. That could be muscle. Did you have edges? Mm -hmm. Okay, are the edges still there? Let's pray again. We have seen over 150 pacemakers disappear. This is documented, by the way, in the last seven years. Be healed because you're too young and you need to live until you're 90. Now watch what God does. I had, a, I had a gentleman that had tattoos on every area of his body, and they were all demonic. He just got saved. Gangbanger, you know, and he, uh, leader of a gang, and he, uh, I said, yeah, I said, just wake up in the morning. I was led of the Spirit. I stood in front of the mirror, and he felt a buzzing, and poof, all of the tattoos became dust and fell down on the floor. <laughs> and he had brand new baby skin. This is what she's going to experience laying at home tonight when she goes to bed. I'm getting the word of the Lord. It's being set in motion. One more here, then we're going to take a little break, and we're going to continually minister. Uh, um, uh, 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 paralysis because of a stroke. Um, you're, you're using that area, but it's not exactly as strong as it should be. It's, let me rephrase. It's like one side of your body is weaker than the other, and God wants you healed. All right? Come here. Well, you know, you may, come here, it may be something you're not aware of. There, there is someone else here. Yeah, come here. Hello, young man. You need, boy, come on, come on, walk with me. Walk, you're going to get stronger as you're walking. Come here, walk with me. Don't you step on my toes. Or you're going to walk too, huh? Come on, everybody, just bless them.
one of your organs is being touched. Your functionality of your organs it deals with your kidneys and it deals with the urinary tract, but particularly your pancreas. God's touching you right now. The imbalance is being addressed right now. In Jesus' name. There's a child here. Come on, everybody worship the Lord. It's beginning to fall now. There's a child here that um, is... Um, Uh, I don't either mentally challenged or autistic in spectrum. Autistic spectrum is being touched right now. I have two grandsons. I know what it's like. They are now in the process of getting their miracle, my grandsons. Hallelujah. Come here. You ready? Rob, get right on up there where that angel is. This is great. I, I have, you say, you never sent a, I, I do have a big angel that comes, and, and I don't emphasize the angel, it's Jesus, we keep our eyes on Jesus, but he helps, and he works, and sometimes speaks to me, and stuff like that. Okay, you ready? The whole left side of your body is being touched right now, in Jesus' mighty name, I speak a miracle of recreation, so that weakened side is going to be the same as your strong side. It's going to about, see, because you cater to it. In other words, so what's happening is you're putting tremendous weight on one hip. Mm -hmm. See? So the, okay, you just got it right there. It just shifted right in the ball of your hip. <laughs> there it is. Loose! Come here. You ready? Let's get all of you just this, this, the effects of this, um, Stroke. There you go. Okay, life, life. Everybody say life. life. I rebuke deadness. Feel it? There it's going right through you. Feel that? It's going right through you, tingling. There it is. Loose! Okay, I need to take five minutes and drink some more water and vodka and just get off of my feet for just five minutes and then we'll come back, spend a, just a little bit more time. Now, let me just say something. There's freedom in this house. Everybody say freedom. freedom. If you have to go because of the sake of time, we fully understand. But I am going to come back, Rob and I, and we're going to spend probably another... 30 minutes or so ministering to people, and then uh, we'll be back tomorrow night. And so uh, you're blessed people. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise offer. Hallelujah. <laughs>